almost through the first week at the Australian Open in Melbourne. It was a late night or an early morning finish for uh, for those involved yeah. in the Tanasi Kokonakis and Andy Murray match. Joining us now from Tennis Australia and Stan Sport, it's Chris Stubbs. Chris, good morning. Paul Will, good morning, guys. Now, for you, we were saying we were hoping you weren't involved uh, in the commentary or anything around <laughs> this, this match because you would have finished at 4.05 local time and then you would have had about 60 minutes of sleep and then you're back into it. It's one of those ones where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? So I went to bed at the end of the first set and I thought, I wouldn't mind staying up and watching this one. And I'm glad that I got a good night's sleep, but I'm also shattered that I didn't get to see it all live. What an absolute epic. So the second latest finish for an Aussie Open match and the second longest Australian Open match. So it was almost a record breaker last night. And do you feel for Thanasi Kokonakis? I mean, he was up two sets to love. He was up 5-2 in the third Andy Murray doesn't give up, and that's why he's been to number one in the world, a three-time Grand Slam champion. He just refused to give in. And there was a particular point, I think, early in the third set where Kokonakis had four or five overhead smashes in a row, and Murray just went side to side to side, just would not give up. And it just um, you know, absolutely summed up the type of guy that Andy Murray is. What a, what a warrior and what a way to finish the match. Incredible. Yeah, once a champion, always a champion. And, and as you mentioned, heartbreak for Thanasi Kokonakis. But at the same time, Alexi Popper and Alex Dimonur progressed to the third round, so a bit of a mixed day for the Aussies. Yeah, look, it was. But overall, I think you'd take that because uh, Alexi Popper and defeating a top 10 player in the eighth seed, Taylor Fritz from America, who was one of the real fancies for this tournament, especially after the... Uh, defeat of Rafa Nadal and Casper Ruud. So the one and two seeds gone before the third round is just remarkable. I haven't seen that for more than 20 years. So Popran's win, he's a wild card, right? So he's an Aussie who's 23 years of age, massive game, huge serve, big forehands, but not a lot more than that. That's always been the criticism of Alexi and why he hasn't been able to go deep at a major. But he's worked really, really hard over the off-season it's kind of clicked for him. I've got this talent that's almost now or never when you're getting into your, more well, towards your mid-20s. And that win over Fritz, huge upset, and the emotion he showed in the interview with Casey Delacroix afterwards. So you can just see what it meant to him. So I love that. Ben Shelton is next for him. He's the number 89 in the world. So that's a real opportunity for Poppy to go into the fourth round here for the first time. Chris, we were talking about this morning that you want to conserve energy in the first week, going into the second week, to put together yep. seven matches to win a tournament is just, yep. well, you've just got to keep it all together and everything's got to go your way. Now, for Andy Murray last night, he, he finished at 4.05am. Can you give us a schedule about what he would have done after that? Uh, you know, the commitments he would have had, the cool-down period, what time? Would he be in bed yet, do you think? Yeah, he would be by now, I imagine. Uh, they I think gave him a bit of a quick passage through his media commitments and got it all done as quick as they possibly could last night. Uh, he'd have a really quick warm down and be in bed. So he finished at, what, yeah, 4, 4.05. Yeah, he would have been, I reckon, back at the hotel asleep by hopefully 6 a.m. So the sun would have been up when he went <laughs> to sleep. So quite remarkable. And, and this metal hip that he's got, I mean, we said farewell to him in 2019. There was the tribute video was played on the big screen. He was in, in tears because of this odd chronic hip problem that he has. It's now got a metal cap on the top of the femur there. And, and the fact that he has returned to play and can now play at this level. And remember, he won a five-hour five-setter on his first round match against and knocked out the 13th seed Matteo Berrettini. This is 
this would be one of the all-time great tennis stories if he can go deep here and heaven forbid if he could actually win the thing. Yeah, definitely. And obviously he's had a two long five-setters and a 4 a.m. finish. But the week that was for all players, weather-wise, extreme heat into rain, into, you know, rescheduling. It's probably yep. this time of the major, but some people are, are labouring far more than others. Yeah, well, Novak Djokovic. I mean, he came in here with a hamstring injury and, and he won yesterday. He took four sets, though, against Enzo Quaco of France. So an opponent he was expected to beat. But he admitted, look, it's not good. And day to day, it's getting worse. So he actually said it'd be up to God and the physio to help him get through this. So Djokovic is in a spot of bother. Um, Alex Dimonor, we should touch on as well, with a win last night over Adrian Manorino. So that was an awesome effort for him. He's a fighter. And it, this kind of tournament is made for someone like Alex Dimonor. Super fit. He, like Andy Murray, will not ever, ever give up. But this tournament, when you come into it, right, you think, all right, we've lost Nick Kyrgios before a ball even gets hit. There's no Nadal by this point of the tournament. Like I said, Kasparud, Taylor Fritz, Berrettini, Federer obviously retired, Williams retired. You kind of go, and I had a few people text me, geez, you know, kind of lacking a bit of star power. And what about the people that are out? But this tournament, the drama that tennis provides year after year here at Melbourne Park is just incredible. Um, and we've had the weather, like you said, we've had to shuffle things around. Players have been playing till ungodly hours and the drama it's delivering is just just incredible loving every minute of it chris you would be moving amongst the fans with your professional role down there uh are the fans missing ash barty or they've had 12 months or nine months to accept it so they're just getting on with it yeah i think there has been a real acceptance of it and uh, i reckon the first six months or so everyone thought oh look she retired before and went and did other things and came back. And I think there was that hope that maybe she just was overwhelmed by finally winning the Australian Open that meant so much to her that she just needed a break. But now we know, obviously, she's uh, expecting her first child. So I don't think we'll be seeing Ash Barty back, not anytime soon, that's for sure, for at least a couple of years, you would think, if at all. I think she seems really content with what she achieved in her career, world number one, three Grand Slam titles. And I think the crowd now really has accepted that. I think all eyes were on Kyrgios this year. He was all the talk. He was the one that everyone was expecting to go far. And poor old Channel 9 in all this pre-produced content, amazing work that they'd done behind the scenes around Nick. And then he pulls out. But the fans, record fans day one, record fans the night session day two, and then some iffy weather. But another big turnout yesterday. It's, it certainly hasn't stopped them from turning up. Yeah, that's for sure. And I guess with Ash Barty leaving, it leads probably a more wide-open... Uh, women's singles draw. Uh, we saw some giants go out Jabir yesterday. Do you think Iga Swiatek's still the the one to beat, or are there a few other emerging players that you've seen this week that can that can um, you know lift the shield next week? Yeah, look, I think that um, you've got to say Iga Swiatek is is the short short price favourite, and you'd be brave to to bet against her. Look, she was defeated at the United Cup in the lead up tournament here, and she was in tears at the end of that loss. She hasn't played her best tennis here yet. But I think her best is certainly yet to come. I mean, she's more than 6,000 points on the ranking systems ahead of Ons Jabeur, who you just mentioned, lost yesterday. She is so far ahead of the rest of the field. All she's got to do is just play her best tennis, but that's sometimes easier said than done, isn't it? Um, Jessica Pagula is one to watch, the daughter of the Buffalo Bills owner. Uh, she's number three in the world, so she's made her own name, that's for sure, in the last 18 months or so, and... She was in great form at the United Cup in the lead-up to this tournament too. And I think she's got the weapons and now has the mental strength to go with Iga Schwartek. So the number three would be the one I'd be looking at outside Iga.
Now, Chris, uh, we've got to touch on some of the controversial stuff coming out of the Australian Open. Francis Tiofo, TFO's outfit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it looks like a pair of pyjamas a young six-year-old lad would, would wear. Will reckons he could pull it off. Well, where do you stand on this? Well, you've got to be brave. And uh, Big Foe, the big show, as he's known, he uh, certainly is brave. He, he has a lot of fun and... Uh, He's the sort of character that we need in this sport. And look, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It looks a little bit like someone's just thrown some, some paint on some fabric and, and he's jumped into it. But, um, but look, if you've got the confidence to wear it, who am I to say don't? But it's actually a, it's a Nike outfit and there's a few of them that are wearing similar, um, maybe only just the top or the bottoms, not the whole complete outfit. So it, it's full on, but that's, that's big foe and he's a good player too. And what's what's it feel like down there now that we've got no restrictions crowd-wise with COVID, uh, yeah, the restrictions not in place? Is it feeling yep. like the Australian Open of old? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last night I was making my way from 1573 Arena back through the kind of Garden Square area to the front gates and it was buzzing. The lineups for food and drink, It was just it just felt like a massive major international event again, like it used to. It had that buzz. The, the weather had cleared. It wasn't too hot. It was actually quite cool yesterday. So people were all out and about. They weren't trying to, you know, cover under shade as they had done the first couple of days. It was just electric. And today we're expecting a top of about 23 degrees, no rain as well. So I think we'll see a big crowd as we head into the weekend. Weather also looking good there. So it's like the F1 down here, mate. It's just... Uh, I hope you guys, if you haven't been, I hope you get a chance to, to get to the Australian Open because it is just a festival. There's so much going on outside. It's not just the tennis. So it's always a good day out. Yeah, definitely. And the weather, looking at the seven-day forecast, fingers crossed that stays the same. We know it doesn't always in Melbourne, but it looks like pretty <laughs> pretty cool conditions and not much rain for the right through to next weekend. No, pretty perfect, actually. I think temperatures around that mid-20s most of the way through maybe 27, 28, a couple of days, but... It actually yesterday was freezing. We had to shut off our doors in the in the studio because the southerly that was coming through it was cold. It was mid afternoon and saying it only felt like fourteen degrees with the wind chill factor. Uh, at the moment, it's saying here it's only fourteen degrees now, but um, it's not as windy today, so it should be a bit more pleasant. But uh, good signs that we can continue to push on through with the program and have no more delays like we saw earlier this week. Chris, we've only got 90 seconds till news time. So just, just a final one. Novak Djokovic arrived here at the Australian Open. We know the controversy that surrounded him last year. He was a bit dubious with how he would be received by the Australian public bar. One or two hecklers at his matches. He's been well and truly embraced and uh, yeah, showing the respect he deserves at the great player he is. Yeah, he really has. And, and you're right, his record means he should be afforded that sort of respect the way he's carried himself here in the past but I think he's been quite smart I think playing the charity match here the other week I think also then playing the match with Nick Kyrgios here he was in really good spirits engaged well with the crowd I think he's been on the front foot uh, and made sure that he's positioned himself in the right way Um, what happened to him I'm not going to get political but it wasn't exactly his fault he's got his beliefs and they're his beliefs but in terms of being allowed in the country or not, that was outside his control in many ways. So it's good to see the fans have embraced him, except for a few Where's Wally guys that you might have seen in the crowd <laughs> yes. last night that ended up getting ejected. But other than that, everyone's been good with, with Novak and 
hopefully that hamstring holds up for him and, and he can go as far as, as his tennis allows him to. Tell you what, if you get a heckle of bloke and try and get away with it, it's probably not to stand out in the <laughs> no, crowd. <that's> it. <laughs> <laughs> Who said it? Yeah. Oh, the dudes are dressed like where's Wally? Stands out like any. <laughs> For once, you can find him. <laughs> Where's Wally? Yeah, Idiot. Uh, you're doing a great job there, Chris, with Stan Sport. You can watch anything you want. You've got all the choice of all, all the matches. We're loving it, mate. We might catch up again next week. Sounds good, guys. Good Thank on you, Chris. There he is, Chris Stubbs, uh, part of Tennis Australia and Stan Sport as well.